sets off firecrackers within them. But we got to obviously lovingly put up boundaries and parent them. However, the last part of our children that we control truly is their emotions. And so What's up, friends? Welcome back to episode 89. You guys, I'm so grateful that you're here today with me. This episode is actually a follow-up from episode 86. A link to that episode will be in the show notes, but you can totally listen to this episode first and then go back if you want to. In episode 86, I talked about the concept of learning to self-regulate, learning how to really control our emotions when we're triggered and learning how to take care of ourselves in intense in difficult moments or difficult seasons. And I know it can be so, so difficult. Did I say difficult enough? (laughs) But a friend had texted right after that episode with a fantastic follow-up question. So I thought I would share my thoughts about it with all of you, especially if you're struggling with your kids or you're struggling really with any family member that just hits you to your core. And let me just say, I don't care how old your kids are, we still struggle and worry I know well into adulthood for our children. I think we worry till the day we die about our children. But And I think some of that is a God-given gift because it really is rooted in such love and care. And yes, it absolutely can bleed over into codependency and enabling and all of that sort of thing. But I, I think codependency sometimes gets a bad rap. I think we have to remember that most of the time codependency is really rooted in deep care concern, and love. And we talk more a little bit more about that in the podcast, but I think it's just really important that we're always challenging our perspective and that we're always challenging ourselves to view things the way Jesus would view them, right? Through grace and compassion and love and absolutely truth, but also not be so judgmental or harsh towards ourselves when we blow it, especially when we're parenting. I hope the episode encourages you. I've got three little tips in there that I I hope are helpful. So also, really quickly, I wanted to invite you into the next round of the Feel Better journey. It's this 12 weeks that we get to spend together. It's absolutely holy ground where we get to work on our spiritual, our emotional and mental lives, right? And you'll learn to extend grace towards yourself and hopefully not be so controlled by circumstances or difficult relationships in your life. You guys, I am so pumped about this round. And remember, here's the thing. The whole point of this program is to do this work together. There's so many places where you can read books and watch YouTube videos and listen to messages. And it's great, but it it really, it gets kind of lost in translation. And, and sometimes we get frustrated, like, well, I know what I should do, but why is it so hard to do it? Or why am I not actually feeling better? I'm trying to apply all of these biblical truths and all that sort of stuff. So the 12 weeks is set aside as a time. There's a framework, there's tools, there's tips, there's tactics, there's strategies, all that. But really the magic happens that we're doing this in community and that we're not just talking about things. We're actually trying to apply it to our lives and to our situation. And we're practicing so that we can actually move the needle and actually begin to actually feel better. And so anyways, I'm super pumped. We have... Uh, a community manager now that I cannot wait to introduce you to. But if you're a little bit hesitant about the tech and about the Zoom calls or any of the technology, I just want to let you know, we got you, okay? Our community manager is going to meet with everybody who signs up who needs help. And literally, you're one click away from the downloadable worksheets. You're one click away from the private podcast feed where it's really just Danny unplugged, right, with all of this. You're you're one click away from the Zoom calls. And it's really low pressure, very chill. Everybody comes very casual to these Zoom calls. 
I never really liked that saying practice makes perfect. I think it doesn't really make sense because especially for any people who struggle with perfectionism, if you struggle with perfectionism, nothing is ever good enough, right? I like the saying better, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes progress. And you guys, that is what life is all about. Progress, not perfection. I wanna help you feel better and through the progress of the program, you actually will. So if you're ready to feel better and you're ready to set aside 12 weeks to really focus on your spiritual growth and your mental health growth and your emotional health and all of that, let's go. The link will be in the show notes. And if you're feeling that tug, I gotta bet it's the Holy Spirit. So I wanna encourage you to jump in. If you have questions, email me. I'd love to set up even a 15-minute Zoom call with you to see if it's a fit. It's really an amazing, fun time, and I love, love, love these groups. And I love being everybody's personal cheerleader and guide. It's so fun for me. So check it out. If you're interested, the link's in the show notes. Thanks for being here today. I hope that this short episode encourages you. As always, if you need prayer, please email me, hello at dannysumner.com. The link will be in the show notes as well. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. So you listened to the last podcast, and then the last podcast I talked about staying 72 and sunny, no matter what's going on around us. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you can jump back in. But just to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version, basically, it's my job to take care of me. And I myself want to be at 72 and sunny emotionally as often as possible, right? Like, I don't want to be so controlled by people around me or choices people are making and circumstances. And, you know, sometimes it can be intense when you know, one of my kids is is having a moment, right? And maybe they're at 134 degrees and intense, or someone else in my life is maybe at like 32 degrees and pretty cold and and despairing. Like, how do I not get sucked into their emotional roller coaster and just kind of ride the wave at 72 and sunny? And so she was asking, how do I do it when one of my kids is in a bad mood and triggers me? You know, have you figured out a way to break that unhealthy pattern and not be so affected? by your children. So the short answer to that is no, it's very difficult. I have not figured out the exact formula. However, oh my gosh, have I come so far and do I have tools and and tips and tricks to help alleviate that stress when my kids or my loved one is struggling so I'm not so sucked in by it? Yes, absolutely. So let me share a few things that just kind of came off to mind and that I texted her back because I thought, hey, if she's struggling, maybe more of us are struggling with how do we not get so sucked into the emotional roller coasters of those around us or those that we love? If, you know, if our spouse is an alcoholic and how do we not get sucked in and be so consumed with worry like, oh, my gosh, they're going to die or they're using too much. Or if our kids are struggling and they're 
emotionally struggling and they're acting out at school or they're just acting out in general and how do we not just freak out? So first of all, just remember when you are hurt or triggered by someone that you love, remember the root of it is love and care. So like honor yourself, like, oh my gosh, I must really care about this person. And, you know, love comes from God. So way to go. You love people, right? So I think first we need to pay honor to that part of our humanness. It's not a broken part of you. It's a beautiful part. I think that we just need to learn how to harness it and how to take care of ourselves, feeling this great amount of love for those humans in our lives that are we're so affected by when they're down, we're down, or when they're happy, we're happy. Somehow we have to learn to detach to not, and it sounds cold and callous, but detach in such a way that I can still stay 72 and sunny, even if my kid or my spouse is off the rails and upset or struggling and, and all of that. So I guess here's my couple things. So number one, honor yourself. Like, don't be frustrated with yourself or mad at yourself. Like, oh my gosh, here I am again, just miserable because my kid's miserable. Like, hang on. No, honor that. Like, wow, way to go. You have so much love in your heart that you actually care that they're upset. Like, you're not so affected by strangers when they're struggling, right? So look at it like, oh my gosh, it means I love this person, right? So honor that part of yourself. Now, what do you do to take care of yourself? So, you know, if you're not familiar with recovery work, but a lot of us are codependent, meaning that we're so dependent on other people's emotions that how they feel is how we feel, right? And it, that's an oversimplified definition of codependent, but it really is out of this like codependent place in us. And I'm not picking on anybody. I think codependents are the most amazing humans on the planet. I actually think we're all a little codependent. I mean, I'm codependent. I'm assuming you're listening to my podcast. So maybe you struggle with codependency and being too dependent upon what others think or feel about you and or just think and feel in general. And so we're controlled by that. But remember, it's based out of us. You know, there is probably some woundedness in us that kind of laid the groundwork for us to be you know, faithful, good codependence, right? Maybe we didn't attach properly as a child to our parents or to our caregivers, or maybe we were hurt and betrayed. And so now we try to overcompensate in so many ways with those that we do love and we don't want them to be hurt like we've been hurt. It's multifaceted. So what do you do? Number one, acknowledge, hey, it's part of my human journey. Like, and love yourself. Don't curse yourself or resent yourself for that struggle. I think number two, fundamentally, get a hold of your mindset, get a hold of what's going on in your head. Like, what are your thoughts around when, like one of my teenagers, if they're struggling, what are my thoughts? Am I dealing with fear? Like, what am I fearing that they are going to do or that they're going to say or that they're going to become because of this emotional struggle? Which, by the way, anybody with teenagers, like teenagers struggle and it's a hot mess right now out there. So I think teenagers have struggled since the dawn of time, but I think now more than ever. And what I mean by that is like high highs, low lows, right? And the thing is that it's not a curse. Like this is the other thing I was trying to explain to my friend. So like when my kids show intense emotions, I actually like it because they're venting it out. The kids that don't show intense emotions, those are kind of the ones I'm nervous about or I'm concerned about because what are they stuffing? And then are we going to have to have deal with this in their 30s or 40s? And, you know, not to scare you, but the kids that don't have those high emotions, those are the ones I'm a little bit nervous about. Unless they've just been even Steven 
temperament since they were born. And if that's your kid, hallelujah. And what the heck did you do to get that kid? Because my kids are a little bit more expressive. Okay. They're like their mom, a little bit more expressive. So I actually like it when they do. Now, obviously it can go a little too far if, if it's harsh words or if kids are self-harming or, or harming others like that, then we absolutely have to deal with it. But if it's just, you know, the explosive emotions, uh, it's kind of normal. So how do you live 72 and sunny when you're literally living with like emotional firecrackers at times? And it's, oh, sorry, my dog, real life podcast in my living room. So what do you do? So a lot of self-talk and you got to see what does it trigger in you? Ask yourself these questions like, am I fearful? Am I concerned? And, and then you can bring Jesus and minister to those places like, well, you know, it's not like they're acting out in crazy manners or they're not going to do anything to harm themselves. Like this is just normal emotion stuff. Like this is where you got to go into overdrive and self-talk and, you know, pray some scriptures and just find a way to balance your heart and mind so that you can stay steady, Eddie, and you're not on the roller coaster. Like our kids don't need us to ride their roller coaster. What they need is just kind of an anchor that's kind of calm, cool, and collected as much as you can be, right? And I know I get triggered all the time and I'm like, I have overreactions and it's like, dang it, I don't want to overreact. I want to be responsive, not reactive. And that's my goal. So I think you got to go into overdrive in your own self-talk. I think you got to have safe, healthy places for you to process like, oh my gosh, my kid or my spouse or my friend or my job is driving me crazy. You got to have safe places to process where you're not going to be judged because this, especially if it's our kids, it's got to be a safe space because we definitely don't want it getting back to them that we're processing with somebody, right? Because they don't want to be betrayed and they need our safety, but they also need us to be healthy and whole and as stable as possible, right? And so that's the job of a parent is to be as stable as possible so that our kids can figure themselves out from a stable foundation. So I think also having that safe space in, in place. I think also when it happens, take a time out. Like you don't have to say anything right away. Give it 15 minutes. Go drink a glass of water. Go on a walk. Reach out to a friend. Just say, hey, we're going to take a time out. You go to your room or you go, you know, in the backyard and I'm going to take five, 10 minutes, catch myself. And then I'll, I'll talk to you about this. Like there's no you don't need to have the heated argument unless the house is on fire. Nothing is that urgent. OK, so. And when it's in the moment, you know, they they want to trigger us like because it helps relieve their tension. Like, don't forget people that like pick fights and, and they don't know they're doing it on purpose, but it helps relieve their tension when they can set another firecracker off. It's like releasing tension. But they have to learn, too, that that's not the healthiest thing. And how do we teach them that? We can't tell them that because they don't want to hear it and they won't understand it. We just have to kind of show them that in in our life and that they can self-regulate and settle down on their own without needing to pick a fight with somebody or that sort of thing. And they will and, and they'll get better at it. And I've seen it in my own children. I've seen such emotional growth as I've grown emotionally and more stability. They've grown as well. And it's they're much quicker at this, guys, than we have. Like we've had decades to learn dysfunctional reaction patterns they literally are new to this game and so they're going to learn it much quicker right like it's easier for them to do gymnastics than it is for us right it's easier for them to even learn to ride a bike it's harder for adults to learn something new but it can be done and when we do we see such movement and such health because we've lived in this dysfunctional pattern for so long so 
just to encourage you, if you've had dysfunctional patterns, man, don't lose hope. Welcome to the club. I mean, this is why we do this holy and hard work. And honestly, it's it's like the sanctification process. Like this is how we become who we were created to be is by uh, learning these new patterns and these new things. And so anyways, I love you guys. I hope that helped. If you have more questions, please email. By no means am I a parenting expert, but I have learned to self-regulate pretty well. I would say I used to ride such a roller coaster on my own. And then when my kids or somebody else in my life that I loved was off the rails, I was always off the rails with them. And so it's like, well, how do I keep my train on the tracks so that they have a stable, safe place to come back to when they do settle down? And it also helps settle them down a little bit. So, but we can't do it for that reason, because then we're just being codependent again, trying to fix them or heal them. That's not our job. Our job is to be a stable safe place for them to come back to. And I know it's hard for you to hear that sometimes because people are like, well, they're under my house, my authority. So they're 18 and, you know, they're my children, even when they're 30. It's like, yes, but they are also free will human beings. So just lavish yourself with a ton of grace. I mean, we literally only nurse these kids for two years. I don't care if you're a mother or a father, but we kind of begin to lose control as they take control of their free will. And it's hard. And the last thing we can control in our children is their emotions. So we can control their behavior, but that's not always the best thing as well because it sets off firecrackers within them. But we got to obviously lovingly put up boundaries and parent them. However, the last part of our children that we control truly is their emotions. And so we can help them with mindset stuff. But you guys, it's a long game. It's a process, you know, <laughs> good luck. OK, so Jesus didn't tell us all this. And we had children. So, and if he did, we probably wouldn't have had them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would have had them anyway. I totally would have. I love my kids. So, it's been the best roller coaster ride of my life. Okay, let me say a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for my friends. Thank you for this question. Thank you for my friend who even had the courage to reach out to share that they were struggling with this. And how do I stay 72 and sunny even when my kid is off the rails? Lord, bless them and fill them. And Lord, thank you that there are solutions to our issues, Lord, and that there are, there's community and that we're not alone. We're not the only ones with, with kids struggling or with friends struggling or with life struggling right now. And so Lord, bless my friends, protect them and watch them in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Love you guys. I hope this was helpful. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.